I, 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 could, I could handle this movie discussion like my family when they talk about movie discussions. Go, go ahead, say, say something about like Last Starfighter again. The Last Starfighter was a movie. What are you, you talking? You don't like Last Starfighter? What's wrong with you? What's the matter with you? You don't What's like the it? What's the matter with you? What's the, what, really? Why? What? That's, that's like my family. Like If someone doesn't like a movie, it becomes... In a world where some of the greatest motion pictures ever made are reaching their 30th anniversaries, one group of friends gathered together to pay tribute to these films. Pat Cantagallo. Jason Kao. Jeff Mazuka. Dennis Matouche. John Reed. Bo Warbold. Each month, they've sworn to tackle two or three movies and remind us all why we fell in love with them in the first place. This year, we travel back in time to 1984 and 85. You're listening to the 30-something Movie Podcast. Starfighters, this episode of the 30-something Movies Podcast, we are dropping a quarter in the coin slot and jumping into The Last Starfighter. So, just to give you a little bit of information right off the bat here, The Last Starfighter came out July 13th, 1984. The director was Nick Castle. The writer, I'm going to probably butcher his last name, was Jonathan Butel. Does anybody know? Never met him. Never met him. Okay. Uh, The budget was $15 million, and the North American box office was a $29 million tick. Um, here's a bunch of people that probably never ended up in any other movies. Lance Guest uh, played Alex. Robert Preston, no, there were some famous people. Uh, Robert Preston played Centauri. Dan O'Hearley played Grig. Catherine Mary Stewart played Maggie. Um, and then a couple of people that showed up. One that was not in the credits, the other one was in the credits. Will Wheaton uh, was one of Lewis's friends, Lewis being the younger brother. Um, he showed up, I think, at the beginning of the movie, running around in a football jersey, and at the end of the movie, he was in the crowd of people cheering. And one that was uncredited, uh, one of the, I think she was a, they refer to her as a Rylan indoctrinator, uh, was Heather Locklear was in this movie. Um, we, and this time we included the Rotten Tomatoes scores. I went and looked those up, um, and we'll do the critic scores and the user scores on Rotten Tomatoes. If you're not familiar with Rotten Tomatoes, they aggregate scores from movie critics, and then they also collect scores from users, and that's how they score their movies. Um, The Last Starfighter has a 76% critic score and a 69% user score. Come on, Alex! They're here! Alex Rogan had a dream. You really are leaving here, aren't you? To be as far away from here as possible. You get your chance. When it comes, you gotta grab it with both hands. It started with a game. You gonna bust the record. But it wasn't just any game. You have been recruited by the Star League to defend the frontier against Sur and the Kodan Armada. And then one night... Centauri's the name. We have to talk about a matter of utmost importance. Step into my office. I've seen him come and I've seen him go, but you're the best, my boy. Light years ahead of the competition. Hey. Alex didn't find his dream. Hey, look out! Oh, dear. dream found him 
Welcome to Rylos, my boy. A world on the brink of destruction. You were recruited by the Starling to defend... To defend the frontier against Zur and the Kodan Armada. Of all the life forms on all the planets, in all the galaxies. Oh my God! One has been chosen. Alex Rogan. Alex? I'm Alex. Is the last starfighter. Earthling who's ever imagined traveling beyond the stars. Maybe there is a starfighter left. I love you, Alex Rogan. Comes the unforgettable story of one who made it. <laughs> the last starfighter. For those who may not have seen it, just a very quick synopsis. Alex lives in a less than exciting life in a trailer park with his single mom, playboy reading brother, and girlfriend Maggie, along with an assorted cast of characters. Obsessed with the video game Starfighter, Alex plays until he beats the game, a feat no one else has been able to accomplish. As he finds out his college loan application fell through, he is visited by Centauri. That was the sound for him winning the game, by the way. Um, or Pat's cell phone, either one. Pat's pants. <laughs> yeah, Pat's pants, just, were, Pat's just, pants were ringing, so... Yeah. Uh, he is visited by Centauri, an intergalactic recruiter who used the video game to scout the best starfighters in the galaxy. He whisks Alex away in his star car, a flying DeLorean, to be pressed into... Look, we've never heard of one of those before. To be pressed into service in so the war... Bitter. What? You're so bitter I'm towards bitter. this movie. No, no, no. Off too. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um, against the evil Zur. While at first he refuses, ultimately he comes to accept his fate as the last starfighter. With an experimental gun star as his weapon, Alex takes on the Kodan Armada to save the galaxy. Ready, set, go. How'd you feel about this movie, John? <clears throat> I'll go last. You go ahead. <coughs> I'll be the last commentator. <laughs> it's his show. He gets to do what he wants. <laughs> Jeff, how'd you feel? Okay, go You like this one. I did like this one. I, I remember watching this movie a lot when I was a kid. And just, I don't know, I just, I really had a good time watching this movie, just really into it, really exciting. Um, I remember one of the connections I made with this movie, I was like, hey, Centauri, isn't that the guy from Music Man? Because um, my folks always had musicals on when I was a kid, so I made, I recognized him uh, first and foremost, but just, I don't know, just a lot of fun. I think anytime you could imagine playing your favorite video game and then being able to do it in real life, there's just something to that, like, yeah, absolutely, whatever game it was that, that you always went to when you were a kid. Just the idea that what if it's a test? What if someone's really testing you and they're going to fly down and say, hey, that wasn't just a game, now you're going to take us, or I'm going to take you and you're going to help fight this battle. I, I love this movie as a kid. I still love it. I still throw it on and just kick back and relax and enjoy watching it. Steven Spielberg, or who said it was like his, his secret pleasure movie? Gene Siskel. Gene Siskel. Siskel. That's yeah. it, yeah. One of his guilty, yeah, guilty pleasures. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I, yeah, I felt the same way. I saw it when I was a kid. I think this, and maybe this whole podcast will be the realm of movies that I remember watching, you know, that I clearly remember watching with family or friends. And I remember watching this movie with my dad, and I, I don't know if he maybe saw it first and then, you know, realized that it was pretty harmless, so then we saw it. But it was the same thing, and it, I, I don't remember, you know, as a kid, there were, wasn't much that you needed to worry about, you know, getting lost or confused with. The plot was straightforward. I mean, there was, you know, he had the little brother that had, like, a really foul mouth, which was funny. Um, you know, all the jokes you could pick up on, the action was pretty straight ahead. I mean, it was literally, like you said, it was the video game that comes to life. And, um, you know, he just kind of flew around and blasted, you know, blasted away the bad guys. The bad guys were all, you know, the Zandozans and all that kind of thing. And, I mean, they were just kind of the, the, the monster aliens. And uh, the, it was just kind of a... It was just kind of a fun, lighthearted movie. You know, and, and watching it now, you know, it's kind of funny because even though, like, everybody in the trailer park and everybody, you know, all the, the aliens, they, they were all kind of, like, stock characters. But I, I don't know, they, they seem to pull it off that, to where it's kind of fun watching them. You know, the whole town comes out and cheers him on when he's winning the video game. The whole town comes out and cheers for him. But even that, it, it, it was cheesy, but it wasn't, like... Yeah, I can't watch this. This is pretty lame. I mean, you know, right down to Granny pulling the shotgun on him, and you know, I it was, uh, uh, it was, it was just, a, it was just a good time, you know. And um, even like the names of things seemed to be tongue in cheek, but it, it, you know, it wasn't a problem with it. Like Centauri, all his lines, you know, it was just fun listening to him talk. He sounded like a circus impresario, you know. I mean, the the big, the you know, the the gunfighter starship has the. Uh, as Death Blossom, you know, and that's like the secret weapon. It's called, I don't know why, but Death Blossom, that just cracks me up. I was talking about this with a friend, and I was at work here, and I actually just was saying, yeah, they have Death Blossom. And someone else that was, like, not in the conversation, was didn't even hear what we were talking about, was walking by and just turned and looked and goes, Death Blossom, you're talking about The Last Starfighter. So it was just, it was just, it was just kind of a fun movie to, to sit back and veg out to, and, you know, I, I think... That if you were gonna, if I was gonna watch this with Dominic, I, I think I'd have no problems. There wouldn't be any. Okay, let's kind of fast forward through that, or oh, we need to explain this part. I mean, I think it truly was a. It was just a, it was just a PG movie. It was just a fun, lighthearted <coughs> movie. Ironically, as an offshoot of this podcast, I'm, I was thinking of having us start a heavy metal band called Death Blossom. Death, <laughs> so. Yeah, that's right, man. That's right. I like it. All right. I, I mean, I didn't see it recently, so I did not get to see the view this uh, film just recently. But okay, Jason. Thinking, <laughs> 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 Mine will be pretty quick though. But thinking back to that time period, and I don't know if this is what's gonna what's gonna happen. I don't know where, where John's going with his comments, but mine. I think I remember just the fact that when I think back to that movie, somewhat forgettable for me. Just because of, I think it was, I we were so into the Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And you just finished with the, the three, you know, Jedi came out in 83. So for this movie, I think when we saw it, it was kind of like, a, eh. Because it, it just didn't have the same captivating, you know, engagement that you get from, like, the Star Wars. That we were just, like, still waiting, like, is there going to be more Star Wars? What's going to happen? And, and we were just so, I think, pumped up by the Star Wars experience that this had to be a little bit of a letdown. You know, was it a bad movie? No. Is it a fun movie that you watch with your kids? Yeah, I agree with all that. But I'm just saying, I think that's why it became forgettable because it was part of a. It was just at a time period. It was like you know, you, it was like you felt like it was not not exactly a copied movie, but 
it just didn't do it because it was it didn't have the same character development and attachment that you had for all the Star Wars characters. So I think it was just more a, a, a bad place at the bad at a bad time because of that. It sounds more believable coming from him because he doesn't speak with the anger that you do. <laughs> I wasn't angry. I don't know where you got this anger from. We'll get so yeah, that. so it wasn't a, and I, you know the video game stuff and we were I was I mean we did Atari stuff and everything else, but. Again, I think if you were more like you were describing, you'd go play the game and stuff too. So if you had that connection to the game, I could see how this would be even more cool, you know. Um, but they didn't have the game. Did they? I, I, I don't think, think they had. They it. should no, have no. made. No, man, it was they after. Could have, it if they, that would have been a cool game if they would have come out. With they had like a version of it, but it was, it was like, like well, last, it was an arcade game. But well, yeah, this I don't, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I don't even remember the game in the movie. It. Reminded me of the old Star Wars, like the vector graphics yeah. Star Wars arcade yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. So I mean that's my thing. I know they're thinking about doing a sequel and all that stuff. I looked at when I was researching something, mm-hmm. but the script has been on the shelf. But I just think it, it'd be a bad time again because you got the new Star Wars coming out. It should be, <laughs> on be a repeat. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's anything strong enough in this no. movie to warrant a sequel. Yeah, and and I will I will say too, real quickly. Um, but you mentioned the Star Wars thing. This weekend we got The Empire Strikes Back to watch with Dominic. Like so, I, I watched the last Starfighter and checked that out, you know. And then, you know, the next day, I think we put the Empire Strikes Back in. And as I was watching that, I think having the two back to back again, Last Starfighter is a fun movie, but it was just wow. Star Wars is just really well done. Story, depth of plot, yeah. you know. I mean, and I think wampas and lightsabers f- flying around in the ice. I think I mean, that's the know. ultimate thing. If you had both of those DVDs yeah. to buy your, you know, buy your TV, and you were going to say which one you're going to watch, I don't think I'd ever pick Last Starfighter over the Star right. Wars ones. But if you're a kid, though, you probably would. You might want to watch maybe, it once. Maybe yeah. watch this one just yeah. because you know you you like playing video games, and so you're going to watch a movie about video games where it comes to life. And yeah, um, yeah. I think with John, uh, you probably have an issue with just how close the story is. You know, you have a kid who is in the trailer park, kind of like Luke and. and Tattooing. I, I hate trailer parts. That's the only reason I don't like this movie. Is I hate trailer. <laughs> he hates <parts>. kids <laughs> and, and children. I hate children. <laughs> so, but uh, no, I, I. This is my first time watching it this week, and and uh, uh, I think I, I watched it after Explorers, which we'll get to that later. I couldn't stand that one, but this one was was much better than Explorers. I think that. What's happened. wrong with Explorers? Yeah, oh, huh? another fight. You have here. a problem with Explorers? <laughs> I feel like I'm back at home talking about movies. Back up. Um, but uh, so I think sometimes when you watch a, a movie that you don't really like as much, the next one, it, uh, it just it's it's a nice relief. Uh, for instance, you know when we watched. Uh, uh, Conan the Destroyer last time, and then I saw uh, uh, Red Sonia after. It wasn't as bad as I as I thought, and then Commando was awesome. You know, afterwards. So, um, so this wasn't. Uh, uh, you know, honestly, if if you if I saw it as a kid, I think I would have really loved this movie. And seeing it as an adult, uh, I, I thought it was uh, it was funny. I I, I like the scenes with um, uh, his double. You know, the Beta uh, clone, and and, um, and it's funny because I. Uh, I always wondered, like, if, if, if someone does get whisked away to space, how do they explain it? Where, where does he go? And, and I think that was very funny how uh, they have this guy who was trying to uh, uh, be a human and, and learning how, uh, 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 you know, how to make out with this girl. And, and, uh, and I don't know if you guys knew this, but uh, he, they actually filmed those scenes afterwards, and so mm-hmm. his hair was different. And, and I caught that the first time watching it, and I was like, why is his hair so weird? You can kind of explain it maybe because he is a clone and, and it's there's something slightly off about him, but he had taken another role and uh, uh, he'd cut all his hair off. He, he had like short hair, yeah. and so that's actually a wig yeah. on, the, on the beta. So huh. Now for the moment of truth. So I didn't hate this movie, and it probably, you know, 
that's that. No, I didn't lie. I didn't hate this movie, um, but I don't. I didn't watch this as a kid. I don't remember. It feels like this would have been a movie that we would have watched because this is the type of thing that. You know, my dad would have, you know, brought home or rented or something like that. But for some reason, I don't feel like I ever saw this movie. So when I watched it this weekend for the first time, or I thought it was the first time, nothing about it was familiar to me. Like not the, the star car, the video game, that none of that was familiar. Um, the only thing that even seemed slightly familiar was the part where the beta takes off his head to, like, repair his ears or something. And the kid, you know, he looks up from his bed. And he's like, you're having a nightmare. Go back to sleep which I think probably would have totally freaked out my sister, so I would have loved that part. Um, that's the only thing that even seemed kind of familiar to me. Otherwise, I'm not sure that I saw this before. I don't know if it's the comparisons to... Star- I think part of it may be the comparisons to Star Wars, but when I was watching it, I was, I was trying to look at it as this movie's trying not to be Star Wars. They're trying as much as they can not to fit those comparisons. And I think I read something somewhere that they were very aware of that. They're like, okay, we know... It's a space movie. It's called The Last Starfighter. It's, we're going to get comparisons to Star Wars. And I think in some ways they did a decent job of trying to avoid that. Um, and I really didn't have a problem with most of the movie. Most of the movie was fine. You know, it had the, some of the cheese factor, like when the whole trailer park is, you know, cheering them on for this video game. Broken the record. Okay, fine. It's, you know, it's an 80s movie. I'll, I'll give it a pass for, you know, for, for the, the cheesy moments. I think it was when it got to the final space battle. And I think, and I, Jeff, I was talking to you about this earlier. I think that's the one thing that I had the biggest problem with was it gets down to this final space battle and they're going in and he's the last starfighter and he's the only hope that they've got left and all this other stuff. And it's because of his skills. And, and I think the moment that killed it for me was the Death Blossom, mm-hmm. where you have this supposedly very skilled starfighter and all he's got to do is push a button, and his ship spins around, not requiring any skill at all, and blows up everything that's nearby. And then you end up five feet away from the command ship, and if you can't hit that from five feet away, you're probably in trouble. And I just didn't feel any of the... When it got to that point, I was thinking back to Star Wars and some of those other sci-fi TV shows like Battlestar Galactica, Buck Rogers, stuff like that. And I thought, I, there's no drama, there's no tension here at the end of this movie, if the Death Blossom, you know, you push a button and they're all gone, where did the skill come in? Like, why did he need to be recruited from this video game? I feel like anybody could fly up there. I know he shot some stuff down on his own before that, but you push a button and now all your villains are dead. And I don't know, to me, that kind of, that part of it cheapened the rest of the movie. And I think because I didn't see it as a kid, that's why I started analyzing it too much. Because if you're a kid and you see that scene, mm-hmm. wouldn't you say, like, oh, my gosh, this is awesome. Like, right. This thing well, is spinning around. Right, spinning out of control, like, blowing everybody up, which is why I wanted to show this to John and have him see it, but didn't end up getting a chance to. Because I think he'd love this. <coughs> like, I think if I showed him this movie, and again, I, it's a fairly safe movie, so I, I wouldn't have any problem showing this to him. And I think he would probably love this movie. I think the reason I didn't love, particularly the end of it, was I watched it as an adult. And I'm coming at it from... I've seen a lot of other sci-fi movies with cool space battles, and this one just didn't. Uh, it didn't hold the tension. It didn't hold the drama. It didn't have the, you know, that whole build-up at the end of the first Star Wars when he's in the trench. And the I know we keep comparing it to Star Wars, but when he's in the trench run and he's you know wants to fire the torpedoes down the exhaust hatch, and you've got the music builds up, and then the explosion. And that to me was, you know, 
I, I didn't get any of that kind of feeling. Even not comparing it to Star Wars, I didn't even feel yeah. any of that kind of build I think there was up. more tension in Spaceballs. Yeah. yeah. You know what, and this, this might come as a surprise to some people, but I have a tendency to fall asleep during movies. And, uh, really? Yeah. I, it just, and meetings, was, right? And, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Never experienced that firsthand. Certain, I tend to just kind of... Well, anyways, I... Saw, Wolverine. When I, when I, <clears throat> sorry. <laughs> when I felt... When I watched Field this trips. movie... When I watched this movie... That is, it's funny that you mentioned that because I, for a second, it got to the end and then it was, he was blowing up the command ship and I, I stopped and I actually, this past weekend, I rewound it and I thought, I fell asleep, I missed the big battle. Mm -hmm. And then I went back and, oh wait, there really was no big battle. It was, that, and I just had not remembered that from being a kid. Mm -hmm. Being a kid was like, wow, Death Blossom and then the command ship blows up. Everything else, but this time I thought, oh, I missed it. But you're right, there was no, there was no push over the cliff. There was no... Mm -hmm. All right, he blew everyone up with Death Blossom. Then he had to go to like the tier two bad guys and really go mm -hmm. fight against those bad, you know. And there, there wasn't that. Which I'll be curious to see because this, this movie is kind of the, and I've heard it called this before, like the teenage boy wish fulfillment. Is you've got a video game, your video game skills lead to you being the savior of the galaxy. Everybody around you is cheering you on. You have the love and adoration of everyone around you. You have the girlfriend that's practically throwing herself at you. Um, you know, it's, if you're a teenage boy, then this movie is perfect for you. And I'm kind of curious to see when there's a book that came out a couple years ago called Ready Player One. Can you guys read that? Mm. And it's the, the premise of the book is everybody, you know, to get away from the way the world is, the world has kind of fallen apart. Um, to get away from it, everybody lives within this virtual reality world. And your skills as a gamer and your, you know, the whole thing is like uh, 80s pop culture and trivia and things like that. So if you're really good at knowing your 80s TV shows, your 80s movies, your video games, all this other stuff, um, you can compete in the game to win the ultimate prize of, you know, owning the video game <coughs> company that, you know, that everybody lives within in this future. So it's a very similar movie and I'm kind of curious to see when that comes out how they approach the same idea of the video game gets you to... Mm -hmm. being the, you know, like the savior of everything. And that's the part where I don't know, I don't know how they could have done it differently, but I was looking back at some of the things where they talked about how this movie kind of came together, how the script came together, and it was that the writer, he had been spending his lunch hours in an arcade, you know, playing games, watching kids play games, and at the same time he was reading T.H. White's Once in Future King. So he had in his mind this idea of what if all these games these kids are playing, like what if this is the sword and the stone? And what if, you know, the kid that gets a high score, it's really sending a signal into space saying, hey, we've found the kid that can save our, our galaxy or save our civilization. And I almost kind of wish, and they, they mentioned it at one point, like they talk, they're talking to Centauri and at one point they say something like, oh, you didn't pull a, an Excalibur. Excalibur yeah. And I'm sitting there going, okay, cool, let's... I want to explore that a little bit more, and, and what does this mean, and are they doing this with other games and other places? And Up to your but, old Excalibur tricks? Right, yeah, something like that. So I don't know, I, maybe, maybe I would have liked to see a little bit more of that, but really, and I liked the movie, and I liked some of the parts where it was almost the reverse, like the whole, the, the Kodan Armada, to me, it seemed like Star Wars actually took that. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking at that going, all those guys make me think of the Trade Federation in uh, The Phantom Menace. Mm -hmm. So you've got that one that has the mask on and kind of talks like this with the yeah. mask on. You've got the same character in yeah. The Phantom Menace that kind of talks the same way. And I thought that was kind of cool. I thought, oh, I'm seeing bits and pieces of 
other movies later on kind of took stuff from this movie and, and used it. Um, but I didn't, it's not, it's not that I disliked the movie. I just, I kind of think that very end battle, what it was all building up to, what to me was kind of a disappointment. Had I seen it as a kid, would probably have a different attitude. But that part was kind of the part that fell flat for me. The ending drags a little bit too, I think. When he gets back and, yeah. yeah. yeah I think that probably could have gone a little quicker if, the robotic monocle is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I thought the, uh, what was he called, the Zandozan, the bounty hunter guy, he kind of looked like an evil Admiral Akbar. He did. From Star mm-hmm. Wars. Hey, this is something I picked up. You mentioned names. I could be way off in this. Yeah. But they, you remember the one Zandozan that showed up? It was uh, uh, the hitchhiker guy. And yeah. then he, he looked at the video game, and the video game mm-hmm. somehow started. I thought that was always cool, too. The, mm-hmm. the video game sounded the alarm that, you know. Codan, uh, Codan, mm-hmm. or whatever it was. And you remember how he like transfigured into the Xander's hand? I was looking through the credits, and if I remember that name right, it's something Alamo, Richard Alamo, or something, who is like a major character in Deep Space Nine and some of the Star oh. Trek episodes. And he was like a bit part. If it's the same guy, and mm-hmm. I, I went and paused it and looked, and it was kind of hard to see in the shadows. But if if um, he was a, uh, if it's the same guy, he played a huge role in. Um, some later you know what you could be right I was reading something about how there was a bunch of Star Trek people that were in this movie as well including the grandmother she was like in the original Mm -hmm. uh, Star Wars the 1966 show and then Mm -hmm. of course Will Wheaton's in it too so I I read somewhere about that you know where there's a lot of connections to Star Star Trek Star Trek Star Trek Trek. yeah Yeah. it's interesting listening to you guys talk about the movie I never once watched the movie and thought this movie is trying to not be Star Wars I've never had that thought with the movie. Uh, and again, maybe it's because I, you know, I when I first watched it, I, I I was I was you know just a kid when I first saw this movie, so I I wasn't making those sorts of comparisons between different movies that that I had seen. Um, but now I kind of want to go back and and watch this again. I don't want to say scrutinizing it, looking for comparisons to Star Wars, but just seeing if anything stands out mm-hmm. as being like, oh, yeah, that's, that's kind of, yeah, I can see how that might work, or that, that comparison could be there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I just, I've never had that, that thought that it was trying, its focus was to not be something else instead of just being what it is. Yeah, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Yeah. Mark Allen. Al- Al- Mark Allen. Dennis yeah. just introduced Patrick to the internet, so mm-hmm. Patrick's now going to be looking up definitely, he characters. Definitely, hitchhiker back then. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So that's a fact. <coughs> nice. The other, the other fact I found out was that the DeLorean used in this movie, the Star Car, was not the DeLorean used in Back to the Future, but it actually shows up in Back to the Future in the 2015 scenes when they go into the future and you've got the flying cars, there's a scene where they show, he kind of looks and he sees a flying Jeep come down and land yeah. and then mm-hmm. drive along the road. As that flying Jeep is coming down to land, off to the left-hand side of the screen is the star car, okay. like parked on the side of the street. Um, apparently also the uh, Blade Runner car is parked in somebody's driveway oh, at some cool. point oh, nice. in Back to the Future. Um, but I guess a whole <laughs> bit, like all these different cars, um, Doc Brown's DeLorean, the star car, the Blade Runner car, um, it was. They were all designed by Gene Winfield. I guess he had a lot of work to do in, you know, this span of years. Um, that he was an auto customizer for Hollywood movies, and so he did some. That's why some of the vehicles will look 
similar between those different movies because he designed uh, some of those vehicles. And apparently, the star car is still out there somewhere. Somebody said it was sold in an auction. It's now been painted red, and somebody oh. somebody owns it somewhere. Um, and then I thought it was kind of interesting that this was one of the first movies that had exclusively CGI special effects. I know you had Tron that was a few years before this, but um, this one, I think, except for explosions, and the explosions, you know, obviously not CGI, but... Um, and that was one of the first things that I noticed when I was watching this. I watched it on Blu-ray, so the picture was really clear, and, and you, you got mm -hmm. a sense of... You know, sometimes I don't know whether that helped or hurt the CGI graphics from so many years ago, but... Um, I thought it actually looked pretty good when I started watching it the other night. I'm looking at it, I'm going, you know, actually this this doesn't look too bad for being a movie from you know, 1984. This is... Yeah, the, the transfer onto Blu-ray is outstanding yeah. for this movie. So I was going to ask, um, you know, for some of the other movies, we ask for favorite moments, favorite quotes. Um, we were kind of talking about this a little bit earlier, and we said that this movie maybe not so quotable as some of the other ones, um, but in terms of, like, favorite moments in the movie... What were some of your favorites? Maybe, I don't know if it's going to prove your earlier point or just stand in conflict with it, but I just, I just always remember the Death Blossom mm -hmm. as the kid, just, you know, like the turbo boost button, the, mm -hmm. you know, maximum kill button, you know, I, I mean, I, I always thought that was pretty cool when I was going to watch it again. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see Death Blossom. That like, and the Little Brother. Every yeah, time I, was saying, I, I, I dug, I dug the, the Little Brother. Um, being a Little Brother myself, I... I I just really enjoyed his smart-ass nature and yeah. and his you know his his dialogue and his lines, and I I really enjoyed all the scenes with the uh, with the beta unit as yeah. well. I just thought that it was to me as a kid it was just really funny watching him learning how to be human and just yeah. you know listening how he you know when they were at the lake and he was listening to some other couple and then just reciting the lines that the guy was saying, not even knowing what he was saying. And you, you the other girls meant nothing to me. Right. You, you, and yeah. you, could, you could just see, like, this isn't going to end well. He's going <laughs> to say the wrong thing. And you're just watching it happen. I don't know. I just, I love those scenes with him. As he struggled to be try to fit in. I think they, they actually added more of those scenes because with the test audience, it worked really well. People like that yeah. part. And that's, that's, well, that's, why that's one of the reasons with the wig, too, yeah. is they had to go back and film a whole bunch of extra scenes with the beta unit in it because people loved that version of the character. I like the one scene where, where they're saying, like, uh, uh, the, the, the control ship was saying, like, what do we do now? And the, it's like, we die. It's like, we die. Yeah, I was going to say, that's the quote. <laughs> that was that's awesome. the quote. Was, yeah. 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 What do we do? We die. <laughs> well, then you, get, and then you get the... Then you get the, <laughs> the what what Star Trek ends up stealing is you have the one guy that yells, ramming speed! Yeah. yeah. And they end up stealing that in the... I think that's Worf's line in yeah. the one with, mm -hmm. I it was Star Trek Eight. I think it was the one with the Borg. Yeah. Like everything's falling apart and he just yells, Ramming speed. Yeah. Yeah. I, it was pretty cool when Centauri he says, Sorry, the store's closed, mister. I'm not here for bubblegums and cigarettes. I'm like, well, like I just like that's just a cool well, line, like the way he says he, it. He very much has this the the Harold Hill character yeah. from Music Man. The 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 salesman, the there's no product here, but I'm going to make you believe in everything yeah. that I'm saying. Mm -hmm. It's his last movie, too. Yeah. Was it really? Mm hmm Yeah, Mark Alamo was the guy that was... No, he didn't he die. Gold. He just quit making movies. He was, uh, he, he was Gul Dukat. 
I'm just kidding. He died. Really? Yeah. He was. Um, yes, he was because I remember seeing him and I thought he looks really familiar. Yeah, but it's weird because you okay. know, you know, it was the neck. It wasn't yeah. Quite the same. Yeah. I, my favorite was I think I've already said my favorite was the scene where he you know the beta takes his head off and it's like repairing his head. Mm-hmm. He's like Lewis, you're having a really bad nightmare. Go back to bed. Mm-hmm. I'll tell mom. I'll about tell your mom. Play, yeah, I'll tell mom about your Playboys. Go back to bed. Back to bed, Lewis, or I'm telling Mambo about your Playboys. <laughs> See, now I can't show that to my kid. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how the 80s had those the little brothers who are foul mouth. You know, like mm-hmm. we, yes. saw, we saw 16 Candles, same sort of thing there, mm-hmm. too. And I know we're a family oriented show, but still, I mean, what the shit is like just a great line. I mean, you don't <laughs> normally, you know, put that, those, all that together, which mm-hmm. makes it totally sound like however old that kid was, it makes it sound like a, yeah. you know, a nine-year-old or a ten-year-old little brother is trying to swear and like, you know. Well, the putting, first lines in, in uh, that Chunk says in Goonies is that. Yeah, yeah. that's true. It is. It's yeah. They just love little kids swearing. <laughs> it is. It's funny. Spielberg little. did. Spielberg yeah. did a thing like that. This has been another episode of the 30-something Movies Podcast. Uh, If you can't tell, we've changed up our format just a little bit. We are going to be recording all at once when we talk about our movies for the month, um, but we will be releasing them as individual episodes, so one movie per episode uh, throughout the course of the month. So your first one was The Last Starfighter. We're going to follow that up uh, each week this month with our other movies, not necessarily in this order, uh, but Goonies, The Explorers, and Teen Wolf. We really appreciate your feedback, or if you'd like to send something in for us to consider for the show, uh, get in touch with us. We can continue the conversations on Facebook, facebook.com slash 30podcast. We're also on Twitter, at 30podcast. That's at 30podcast on Twitter. If you're subscribing to us through iTunes and you're enjoying the show, please head over to the iTunes store and go to 30-something movies podcast and leave us a positive review. Who knows, we might even be crazy enough to read your review on the air. We'll see you back here next week on the 30-something movies podcast. Until then, starfighters never say die. Or something like that. It was one of those movies. They all kind of blur together after a while. Anyway, we'll see you back next week.